Listening to Positively Prepped, a podcast for teachers. I'm your host, Rebecca Rodriguez. I am a veteran teacher and I never bring work home. I'm here to talk about how you can systematically, effectively, and positively prep your classroom so you too can feel balanced, happy, and in control of your life at school and at home. Last year, I overheard some seniors in my Spanish 3 class talking about a Socratic seminar that they had just participated in in their previous class. I started listening because I actually heard a student say my name. I heard them saying that they had brought me up in the seminar as a positive example. I was touched, and so of course I butted in to say so. They told me that the seminar was about what they had learned in school and what parts of it were relevant to real life. I mentioned that Spanish is really useful and that I was so happy that they felt I deserved mentioning, thinking that it was nothing more than that. Then they told me that the whole class had agreed that I teach something incredibly valuable and that it is not Spanish, which was a little bit of a letdown. I'm not going to lie. But now I had to know what they were talking about. They brought up the life skills that I teach in my classroom regularly and that those life skills make a difference, an impact on them, and that they as a class had agreed that those life skills matter. I don't have rules in my classroom. I teach my students new principles for each unit of study and then we practice those principles throughout the unit. It keeps my classroom environment positive, healthy, and incredibly functional. In today's episode, I will explain how I teach my life skills to my classes, how they work, and how to hold students accountable to the principles that we talk about. So here we go. When I started teaching, I didn't have a lot of experience. I had skipped student teaching because I was on an emergency certificate and I lacked a mentor. I really was having some difficulty with student behavior And I was young and I didn't know what to do. So I took a class through my district on discipline. One thing that I taught, that they taught me in that class that was super helpful was not to take the student behavior personally. That really helped me out because I found that I was doing that. I thought that the student's behavior was a reflection on me and learning that really helped me to come outside of myself and learn about why they were doing what they were doing. Another thing I learned in that class was that we should only have three to five rules in our classroom and that those rules should have consequences attached to them that are perfectly laid out in a chart. As I was contemplating what my rules should be, it was very important to me that I talk to my students about respect. I also thought that choice and realizing that students are responsible for the consequences of their choices was important and safety. So those became my three rules. After I made those rules, I realized the difficulty that those rules would have in attaching natural consequences. The reason being is because they are kind of vague. Respect is a very broad topic. Also, safety is a good topic for consequences, but the way I was thinking about it in that we are we should create a safe environment for our students to take risks 
and to speak in Spanish and to have the guts to do some new things wasn't exactly to be safe, like don't pull the chair out from somebody, which was part to me, respect. So as I was thinking about that and trying to come up with my consequence chart, I I just realized that something was not flowing right for me. So I began to think about the rules of the world. I drive the speed limit. I make sure that I stop at stop signs. And those things um, in driving were basic rules. And I realized that I follow them, but not because necessarily they're the rules. It's because I lived by principles. And those principles and morals that I lived by were the rules that I had set up for my classroom. And so they weren't really rules. I was asking my students to live by principles. And that's why I was having a problem connecting exact consequences. Like if you do this, I call your parents. It just wasn't flowing for me. So I decided to reword my rules. And so I said, I told my class that respect was um, going to be worded. I will respect myself and others. Safety meant that I will act in a way that promotes the safety of myself and others. And choice, I am free to make choices. I am not free to choose the consequences of those choices, especially when they are the natural response to the choice that I have made. Then, as I was at a continuing education class specific to my ESL endorsement, something else came out that really revolutionized the way I was thinking about this. There were a lot of things that I learned in that class that I still use to this day, but one of the most important was our discussion on life skills. A life skill is defined as the ability and behavior that help you effectively deal with the events and challenges of everyday life. They are the skills that allow you to handle everything from interactions with others to identifying and processing your emotions. These are the skills that are necessary for maintaining good relationships, obtaining a career, and handling the stresses of everyday life. I immediately bought in because I could see that my quote, rules weren't rules. They were life skills, principles to live by that would help my students to live a healthy life. So I decided that instead of calling them rules, I was going to call them life skills and or principles in my classroom. I decided that the reason that I would teach life skills in my class was because I wanted them to have a healthy life and not just behave in my classroom. Another reason that I decided to teach life skills in my classroom was right after this class, I happened to read an article, and it was an article where the journalist had interviewed several CEOs of major companies about the problem of incoming workers in the workforce. The CEOs were asked why the new graduates, either high school or college graduates, were not ready to join the workforce. The CEOs were saying that they were smart. The students were smart. They were ready. They were intelligent. They they had the skills necessary to do the actual work, the job that they were being hired to do, but they were not able to cope with stress. They were not very good at working within a team, and they lacked some of those skills to help them be successful people. I don't have that same article that I read back then, but I do have two fairly recent articles in the show notes about this subject if you're interested in that topic. 
There was one comment that a CEO made that made me very angry. He specifically said that he could teach anything, any job skill that the kids would need to join his, his team, that those skills were fine. He could teach that, but he couldn't teach them how to be good people. And so he couldn't hire them. And that really made me angry. I, I know that kids can be disrespectful. They can be selfish. They can be obtuse, but I also know that they, they could, they could be kind and giving and incredibly insightful. And this is all part of human development is learning to think outside yourself and learning to work on a team and learning to be respectful in, in all sorts of environments. I believe that it takes consistent education and effort to teach our youth how to gain the self-discipline to master those life skills that will make them successful. So the more I thought about it, the clearer that it, it became to me, I needed to teach my students life skills and not just the three principles that I was considering. I needed to make the list longer and consistently discussed in my classroom. Yes, this does cut into my class time a little bit. I believe it's worth it because even though it, it's taking away from maybe my Spanish grammar time or a practice with the vocabulary, it has changed the behavior issues in my classroom. I no longer have to focus on the negative behaviors of my students because we've upfront solved those negative behaviors before they even happen by talking about them in a positive way and, and coming to a consensus about what that life skill means and how we're going to live it in our classroom and in our lives. This is not to be a replacement for parent instruction. Yes, I do know that sometimes we feel like we're being asked to parent our students. And I'm not saying that we should do that. I am saying that we should be clear on the expectations of how we believe people should behave in life to be successful. And by doing that, we're talking about those principles and morals that are going to help them behave better in our classroom because they know what it is we expect and they know what it looks like. Also, I think that our regular curriculum is vital. I'm not saying we should replace our regular curriculum or that it's not important in the real scheme of life. Math is important. Spanish is important. English is important. We need to teach our regular curriculum, but it does help our classrooms to function better if we make sure that we're teaching them life skills alongside that. I did notice that after I added this into my curriculum, some amazing changes started happening in my classroom. Because we were discussing these principles regularly and because I was holding myself and my students accountable to them, our classroom became a safe haven where I run into very few behavior problems. Students tend to manage themselves and others. They're more assertive. They're respectful in their reminders about the behaviors that they expect from each other. So I don't always have to deal with it. They kind of help each other out. It has also revolutionized my life as a teacher because students are more self-advocating and they manage themselves and are able to decide for themselves how they should be behaving. According to Barry said, everyone should have an opportunity to learn in a positive environment, to enjoy the learning process and feel comfortable and content within it. I would add that teachers should have an opportunity to teach in a classroom like that as well. 
Also, my students started to come to talk to me about things that were happening with their personal lives outside of the classroom because of the principles that we were talking about. This has been so exciting for me. An example of this is a student I had named Riley. Riley came into my classroom on a Monday morning before school, just super excited to talk to me about an experience that she had had at IHOP. Her and her mom were eating there, and they happened to notice a sign that said that IHOP was hiring. She asked her waiter about it, and the manager ended up coming over to their table to talk to her. Because she was so well-spoken and because she was able to ask the questions in a concise manner, the manager asked her to come in in like two hours for an interview, which kind of freaked Riley out because that didn't give her any time to prepare, but it also didn't give her any time to be nervous. So she told me that she used the information that we discussed in regards to our life skills to talk to the manager, to portray herself in a respectful, confident manner. And when he asked her to tell about herself, she knew the adjectives to use that were true, the adjectives that really mattered, and the adjectives that helped to explain who she really is. She told me that at first she felt really nervous about the interview, but immediately she knew that she had been preparing and the life skills she had been practicing made her feel really confident and ready for her interview. I thought it was so cool that at the end of her interview, she was immediately hired and she was just so excited to tell me about it. Hearing stories like this always make me really happy because I realized that we're making a difference. Before I go into how I structure a life skill lesson and how to hold the students accountable to the principles, let's take a small break. Today for our unpaid sponsorship, I would like to highlight zip grades. This week was a testing week for my Spanish students. I teach in units and typically each unit is about three weeks long. The last week is set up so that I have at least three days of testing. Because I teach a language, I test them in their uh, grammar, I test them in their writing, and I test them in their speaking of the language. That means that on a testing week, I am grading 200-ish writing tests, 200 speaking tests, and 200 grammar tests. In addition to that, I also give them a song quiz for the unit that we're, we, uh, for each unit we sing a song. And at the end of the unit, I give them a quiz to make sure they kind of learn the grammar and the, and the way that song goes. So that's 200 song quizzes that I'm also grading. That's a lot of grading. So this can really be tough. In our PLC, we decided to make all the grammar tests multiple choice. And so that means that I get to use zip grades to grade the, those grammar tests in an instant. I do know that there are like websites and apps where they can do quizzes online, but that doesn't always work in our, in our school because I don't have my own computer cart and I can't rely on every student to have a phone or data to do that test. So Zipgrades makes it possible. I can go online. I manage to um, create the classes early on. So I only have to do that once on the website. And then I can print the right answer document with the an number of answers that I need for that test. And then on test day, they, the students take the test. And I um, have put into my phone the test the answer key. And then when they are done with the test, I just kind of hover my phone over it and it scans 
their test and tells me the exact number that they got right and wrong. It tells me if they had any multiple answers on their test form. And it also tells me if they had any blank answers. So I can immediately give them some feedback if I need them to fix something. It also collects the data so I can see what they what the class got overall, what questions were great, what questions were not so great. It gives me all that data at a glance. I love zip grades. You should check it out. There is about a $5 fee at the beginning of this of the year, but after that, um, you just use it all year long and it really works well. I highly recommend it to anybody who has to give multiple choice tests. So here's to zip grades for making one of my tests super easy to grade. Okay, now back to our regularly scheduled program. Before our unpaid sponsorship, I told you that one of my reasons why I teach this life skill um, process is because I read an article about why young people are unhirable. That is also part of my how as well. On the first day of school, I always start by explaining to my students why I'm doing what I'm doing. So they have complete buy-in from day one as to what a life skill is and why it's necessary for them. I found that with high school students, they really are nervous about interviews and they don't know what to do. And they're very, very receptive to learning how they should portray themselves in that interview and how to be hireable. So once I have buy-in, then we can work with the life skills for the rest of the year. I also explain to them how I know that they are already able to live those life skills. They just need to learn how to talk about them. That means that I trust them and that I care about them, even though I don't know them very well on that first day. But it, it kind of gives them that view that I care and then they want to care too. So buy-in is from understanding what a life skill is and how it will help them and that I'm trying to help them because I care. I decided that I was going to do more than just those three life skills, the respect, choice, and safety. So what I did was I have about 10 units per year for each of my subjects. So I teach Spanish 3 and Spanish 2. I've made it so that the first three are always respect, choice, and safety. Um, so for the first three units, those are always the first three, because to me, those are the big three. That's what's going to make our classroom function. But if I have any students go from Spanish 2 with me to Spanish 3 with me, I don't want them to have the exact same life skills over and over. So I, for the rest of the seven units for each one, they have a different set. There are some great websites where you can see a bunch of life skills that other people have listed as very important for students and young people to learn. But I also have my list. If you're interested, you can message me and I will share them with you in an instant because I think that it's really fun to work with them. It's fun to think about which ones are important to me. And if you're having a hard time with it, I'd love to help. After the first life skill, it kind of goes a lot smoother. I don't have to have the big buildup and the talk about what a life skill is. I just announce, hey, today is the first day of this unit, and I introduce the life skill that we're going to focus on for that unit. For the beginning of each unit, I talk to them about that life skill by asking questions. We watch videos or we read quotes. We have students make lists 
of what it is or what it isn't so that we're very clear as a class what that life skill is and how it should be lived within our classroom for sure. And then they get to kind of decide if that is how they view it outside the classroom or if they kind of see it differently. But I think that it's really important that they, first of all, understand what it is. If they don't know what integrity is, I can't just talk about it like they do. Um, after we do uh, talk about that, I try to make sure that we're not doing it exactly the same each time either. I call it creative consistency. So consistently, we are talking about a life skill, but we do the activities to talk about it differently for each unit so that it's creative and they don't get bored with that process. The main discussion points that I make sure that we discuss each time consistently are what is the life skill and what is it not. Sometimes it's easy to um, just tell them what it is, but if we point out the things that it's definitely not, they understand those behaviors that are not acceptable as well. We also discuss what a person who ex excels at that life skill would look like. I emphasize the job interview because I find that my students really buy into that and they want to know how to do well in an interview and how to do well in the job itself so that they can be hireable. I also talk to them about what an, a person who excels at that life school sounds like. So that would be, if you're trying to sound respectful, you would make sure to use polite phrases. You wouldn't curse in an interview or on the job. You would um, make sure that you are talking politely to the receptionist and to the boss and not just the boss alone, that that is something that it, it stands beyond just the person in charge. So they know what that expectation is. In our classroom, I specify what respect would look like for us. We don't touch other people's things. We make sure that we are speaking in a kind voice. Those different things help them to really see, and they can see if their definition of integrity or respect or tenacity or resilience, if that definition is the same for them, because sometimes they don't have a clear definition of what that life skill is, what it looks like, and what it would say sound like to other people. I have a board that at the end of our discussion, we kind of fill out. It has the life skill title and we have words that we would say go along with that life skill. So for respect, we might have kindness written up there. We might have keep your hands to yourself. We have eye contact written up there as things that help them understand what respect is. Then we also list the things that it would look like and the things that it would sound like. I'm going to put a picture of that board that we fill out for each unit on my Instagram and Facebook this week. So if you want to follow me or if you do follow me, it's Rebecca.Rodriquez with a Q, not a G, so you can see what that board looks like. Also, for each life skill, I make sure to give them a, a nightly homework activity that is going to focus on making sure that they have to think about and evaluate that life skill. Some of those would be um, giving them an example question from an interview that they have to come up with a really good answer for, or thinking about an exemplar of that life skill and who that person is to them and why they think they are an exemplar of that skill. Some of those activities um, are going to be on my Teachers Pay Teachers this week, so pay attention there as well. Henry David Thoreau describes developing character this way. 
You cannot dream yourself into a character. You must hammer and forge yourself into one. I found that really insightful as I was really coming up with these life skills and how we were going to talk about them and, and, and introduce them in my classroom because it does talk about character. It's not something that we are always born with. It's not something that you just hope for. It's something that they have to practice. And so by, first of all, learning what it is and then thinking and evaluating it, they are starting to hammer and forge their, that into their character. Beyond that, we have to hold them accountable in the classroom in order for that principle to really become part of their character. That means that we need to be very consistent. Remember, I don't have a list of consequences anymore for breaking the, quote, rules because I don't have rules in my classroom. We live by principles. That means that I have to be on top of those at all times because if I let them go, then I am no longer trustworthy as the teacher and as the principal teacher, meaning I have to build a strong relationship with my students based on these principles. If I am not respectful, they don't feel the need to be respectful either. And then I don't have a list of consequences and I have to come up with what I need to do at that time. So what I have found is that if I am able to question my students in a calm way, using what we have discussed about the principles, then we have, um, we come to a consensus and it very rarely leads anywhere else. An example of this would be, are you giving me the respect that I deserve right now? If they ask me, what do you mean? I explain to them, well, this is what you said, and this is the way that you said it, or this is what you did. And that to me is disrespectful for this reason. I always want to explain why, because then that helps them to really dig deep into what that principle or life skill is, and then they can understand where they went wrong. Usually, once I've given them that question, they can either answer, yes, I think you are, and this is, I think I am giving you that respect, and here's why, and then we can continue the conversation, or they can answer, no, I'm sorry, and then we move on. Another example would be, please manage your time wisely. In the last unit for my Spanish 2 kids, their, their life skill was time management. One of their projects for the unit was to work with a group and they had to come up with a presentation that they were going to do in two days time. I made sure to really emphasize that they had to use their time wisely to get to certain checkpoints throughout those two days in order to be ready for their presentation and to do well on their presentation. So I consistently talked about the time, how it was passing, and how to make sure they were managing it correctly. All of my groups were able to present on time. They did pretty darn good. And it was because we made, I made sure to show them how to set their benchmarks and to make sure that they were using their time in the best way possible. It is really important to find ways to talk about the life skills throughout the unit in a real and a positive way, and not just when the, the students are not living up to that principle. It's important because they need to feel like it's a positive experience and not just that they're always being come down on. I think that it's important to point out when they are being an exemplar of that life skill and when they are not living up to it. I think it's important to uh, make sure that we mention how they should or can use those life skills when they are being 
assigned an activity or a task to do so that they can see that that life skill applies to tasks as well as their character. Another important part of being successful in changing the classroom environment with teaching life skills is to be an example of that life skill. Hold yourself accountable as well, or be humble enough to own it if a student finds a, a chance to hold you accountable. An example of this was when I jumped to a false conclusion and I accused a student of doing something that she didn't do. She let me know that that made her feel disrespected. Immediately, I had to submit and let her know I realized that I had been disrespectful. It was imperative that I publicly apologize because I had publicly called her out. I owned up to the fact that I had been disrespectful and I walked through the process of repairing our relationship from the damage that had been done by that disrespect. This way, the students all saw that I practice what I preach. They could see me exhibit vulnerability, and so they felt that they could trust me, and they knew that if they had the same experience, that they could walk through it and maintain their dignity while I maintained mine. They also saw how to accept, accept the responsibility and make corrections in a way that builds trust in relationships instead of tearing them down. We cannot let opportunities for learning pass us by. To really get the full measure of the benefits of teaching life skills in the classroom, you have to commit to use them in your daily life, lessons, and behaviors. You have to hold yourself and your students accountable every day for them. You cannot ignore an issue or the students will not buy in. We have to commit. I know that classroom management is a major issue in teaching. I hope that this idea of teaching principles instead of rules will help you to revolutionize your classroom environment for the better, just like it has done for me. One thing to remember is to be real and caring. Students will buy in if they know that you do and that you have their best interests at heart. I have found that students in high school are just dying to learn how to do well in an interview. They're scared of them, and by teaching to that, I have found a lot of buy-in because they can see the skills affect their day-to-day -day lives. Another thing to know is that I did not start this on day one the first time I implemented it into my classroom. It's not too late to try it out. Explain why to your students. Live the principles. Hold yourself and them accountable to them, and watch your environment change. Start as soon as possible. Robert John Meehan said, We are not just teachers. We are the managers of the world's greatest resource, children. Let's help our students to become the best humans that they can be. My goal with Positively Prepped is to help teachers feel balanced, happy, and in control. One great way to do that is to create a work environment built on principles, trust, and real life skills. Your students are hungry for knowledge on how to be a great person, and you are the perfect person to talk to them about it. Thank you for listening to Positively Prepped, a podcast for teachers. Please subscribe and share. It is important to continually focus on balance and improve our practices. That is why I have created Positively Prepped, to help teachers to improve themselves, their classrooms, and their lives so that they can create an amazing classroom leave their work there, and then go home and live a full life, guilt-free. Join me next week as we continue our journey to become positively prepped. 
Remember, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rebecca.Rodriquez. That's Rodriquez with a Q and not a G. Please feel free to shoot me a message and ask questions. Thanks again for listening. See you here next week. We'll be right back.